Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Vince. And I'm Ashley. And we are the lead pastors of the Outlet Community Church. And wherever you are in the world, our heart is to add value to your life. That's right. Whether it's an encouraging word, whether it's a topic in the Bible, whether it's a life skill that you're looking to develop and hone in on, allow us to be an outlet for you. Yes, and our prayer is that wherever you are, whether you're right here in service or you're out in the world in the nation, listen, our prayer is that God meets you right where you are. We all have needs, we all have things, but our God is able and he's able to bless you and get you where you need to be. We have hundreds of hours of digital content that is available for you to consume yes. free of charge. Freely we receive, freely we want to give <laughs> it back to you. So make it a point to check out our page, check out our website at the yeah. Outlet Community. Dot com and you'll be able to find countless hours of videos, podcasts, and other material to help you grow in your walk with God. Hey, if you like some of the content, like, subscribe, share it, and we'd love that. <laughs> See your family and friends. So open up your heart and get ready to receive all that God has for you. to never leave us and to never forsake us. And today we have two opening text scriptures. It's our original text scripture from John chapter 14. Uh, we'll be starting in verses 16 and 17, but we're also going to add Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5. Again, two opening text scriptures, John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17, and Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5. And I want to welcome every person again who is here for the very first time. Just one more time. Could you wave at us if it's your first time here at church? Hey. God bless you. Can we give it up for them? God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. So good to Amen. see you all. Thank you all for uh, being here. And if you're watching online for the first time, thank you for joining us as well. As we're looking at spiritology, the study of the Holy Spirit, there are four areas that we are endeavoring to cover. The first one is called the kingdom collaboration between God and man, and we have already seen how it's been God's plan from the very beginning to work with his creation. Today, we are going to continue with who is the Holy Spirit and how will we work together. And by the time Ashley and I are done, we will get into number three, which is the Holy Spirit within for character, and then we'll close on the fourth part of the Holy Spirit upon for service. So John chapter 14 and verse 16, it says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Someone say and type in, who will never leave me. Oh, let's say it with some conviction and some authority. Say, who will never leave me? Who will Amen. never leave me. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him 
because he lives with you now and will later be in you. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He lives with you, and he is in you. Romans 5, 3 through 5, starting at verse 3. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Anyone in here facing a test or a trial in your life at the moment by a show of hands? All right, this is going to be an active demonstration. If you, are, if you happen to be facing a test and trial, can you just cheer just for a moment right now? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I would let you off the hook if that's what stadiums sounded like, but Ooh. stadiums do not sound like that. Uh, so I'm going to ask us to, for the sake of illustration, have the same level of rejoicing that we would for our favorite team out here. So anybody going through a test to try? <laughs> Woo! Seems strange that you would be excited that you're going through a test or trial because we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops the strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And it says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. So it's saying that every test, every trial is working in us a level of character that will not lead to disappointment. Yeah. So it's saying that if I'm feeling disappointment at this moment, this test and trial is not done because when I reach the end of what I'm facing and the end of what I'm going through, I am going to be excited and I will not be disappointed. Why? For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So he's saying when you look at the overall cumulative score of all that you're facing and all that you're going through, you will not be disappointed because even in the midst of some of the worst battles of your life, you are convinced about how much God loves you and cares for you and will never leave you or forsake you. Well, how do I know this? There have been some tests and trials in your life that you faced previously, not knowing how you were going to make it out of. But because you're sitting in here today, Amen. it is proof that you made it out yes. and you think about how much God loved you at times you didn't love yourself. Yes. So you will not be disappointed based off what you're facing because of God's love for you. And so today we are going to continue spiritology on the power of love. You know, I love this song. This is so uh, kind of off topic, but on topic. What's the great songstress that she just passed, but she had a song that said, what's love? Tina Turner. Got to do. Y'all know who I'm talking about. That's right. What's love got to do with it? And I want to tell you everything. Love has everything to do with it. And it was interesting, when we were doing this message, I told my husband, I said, you know, we, we talk about the love of God. 
We even talk about the love of Jesus. But I don't know how often you all have heard about the love of the Holy Spirit. But we understand that they are all God and they are all the same, and that they all express the same, that they all love the same. So there is a love that the Holy Spirit has for you. Amen? Amen. But we never really talk about it a lot. And so today, I almost want to reintroduce the Holy Spirit because I feel like in church settings, we tend to just talk about his power. But y'all, he's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And once you get to know the person of the Holy Spirit, how many of you know that that power is going to come just as, a, as an effect of who you already know? Amen. 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 So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And we're going to be looking at this in the Amplified Version. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 1, 13. We're going to look at a role that the love of God, his Holy Spirit to dwell in us, plays in our life. Often when we face, and I'm going to call it pressure, often when life gets tough, when things get tight, the thought comes into our mind that God must not care about me. Or the, the feeling surrounds us that we're all forgotten about that clearly God's presence might not be with me because of something that I did, or God might not love me the way he loves someone else because look at what I'm facing. Mm -hmm. And the point of today in the power of love is to show you that even in the greatest pressure moments of your life, even in the greatest moments of uncertainty and the need for clarity, you have as a believer, the opportunity to rely on the Holy Spirit within you. That even though you might not feel like God is there, God is still there because in his love, he has committed himself to your success. Can I add this on to that point? I know we do face different things. And the, and the word of God tells us in this world, you will face many. How many know many? That's not like one or two. That's like several. That's like in your lifetime, you're going to face some stuff. It says you will face many trials and tribulations. The Word of God tells us that. And because we are Christian, it does not mean we are exempt. Oh, no, no. It just means we are more aware of a present helper that we have. When we go through things, we're not going through them alone. Amen. But I want to caution our, our believers, all of us in this room, we have to be careful, you all, not to equate God's character with our circumstance. Yes, I'm going through stuff. Yes, this happened. Yes, this is not fun. Yes, this sucks. But that does not mean that God is not good. That does not mean that he is not with you. That does not mean that his power isn't going before you. That does not mean that his favor has already reached out to you. No, everything is good on God's side. We have got to learn to trust deeper. Amen. 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 And just because I'm going through, that doesn't change God's character or love for me. He still loves you eternally. Amen. And that's just what Satan wants to do. He wants to try to trick you, deceive you, isolate you into believing, oh, because you're going through this, you're not loved. Because you're going through this, God's not good. See, you done went through this. See, you done did something bad. You done messed up. You must have sinned somewhere. 
And that's what our mind starts telling us. Oh, well, well, Lord, what? And you start thinking, well, what did I do? And how did I get in this situation? Sometimes life just lifes. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes things are out of your control. But God is always good. And he is always there. Amen? So we need to change our perspective to say, yes, this is happening. But God, you are still worthy of all my praise. And even in this situation, I'll give you the praise. Amen? Because he is good and he is worthy. And you will come out on the other side. (laughs) So we have to adjust our perspective. Yes. We have to adjust how we're looking at what we're going through. You can always look at what's not there, but the presence of Holy Spirit helps you to be reminded of who is there. And that is the difference between success or failure. There isn't the fact that other people go through less tests and trials. It's that we all go through different tests or trials, and they are pressures all the same. But if our mind is conditioned to always be negative, always looking for the other shoe to drop, your faith will be in the direction of destruction rather than focused on the indwelling of Holy Spirit who causes you to bounce back from setbacks. But if I've been disappointed my entire life, If I've been let down my entire life, what happens is, if we're honest, it creates a pattern of distrust. So when you're listening to us talk about God is good and God is always there, there could be a segment of the population listening to our voice saying, I hear you, but you don't know my story. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't understand the hand that I have been dealt. And God has understood that. And so before he gave his written word, he used an entire Old Testament to demonstrate his faithful acts. Meaning before God wrote a word, he showed you by actions which are louder than words. So God operates by first showing you, then telling you. But he could be working all around you and your spiritual eyes are closed. So even though God is taking care of you, you could be clueless as to all the ways God has been protecting you. I just want to encourage somebody right now who feels like God has left you. Do you know how many attacks God has thwarted off of your life? Do you know how many accidents you were supposed to be in? Do you know how many times you were going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and all of a sudden something stopped you from going in that direction? You thought it was a traffic jam, but it was God's hand holding you back from destruction. And sometimes instead of complaining and being grumpy, we need to have an ounce of gratitude that says, God, there is breath in my body today because you've been good, because you've been faithful, because you've been there, because you've always seen me. So we have to shift our perspective from the current problem to the person of Holy Spirit. No matter what I go through, no matter what I face, I am reminded, God, you are always here. Amen. We're talking about the power of love. I think we ended on Ephesians 1. 13, 13 got to read that. Let's go, there. Let's go there. I think we have the Amplified here, but I just love this verse so much better. 
I just feel like it reads more. So it says, in him, Ephesians 1.13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result believed in him. Listen to what God did the minute you said, I believe in you, Jesus. He says, you were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. Now, you know, we don't use seals today. Well, we do, kind of, but Ever not so for, for some things. Yeah. But in this time, a seal was so important because what a seal did, a seal was final. A seal says, once I put my stamp on that, it's almost like a branding. I don't know. I know some sororities, fraternities, they, yeah, y'all start branding and stuff. But you know what that says is, this is mine. I, I'm owning this. This is my territory. And I even want to kind of go, because I looked up what that word means. It means, it signifies ownership and the full security carried by the backing or full authority of the owner. So that means if we have a seal of God, how do we get that? We just said, well, Lord, I believe on you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you rose on the third day and you're alive, seated in heaven right now. Once you say that and you believe that in your heart, God puts his stamp on you that no one, not even you, can erase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And some of you go, well, I can't erase it. Well, you mean, it, well, didn't I just sin yesterday? Well, does that erase the seal? I got to ask a question. Did you do good enough to get the seal? So if you didn't earn the seal, guess what? You can't unearn it. Once that seal is on you, once you become a child of God, no, we're not perfect. Yes, we sin. Yes, we fall short. Yes, we're weak. Yes, we don't know all the things to do. Yes, we, if, we, if we do know the things we do, we don't always do what we know to do. But you are still God's. That seal cannot be unearned because it was undeserved in the first place. So that's how important. When he says, I stamp you with my Holy Spirit, he says, you're mine. I am sealing you as mine forever, eternally mine. So we can stop all these prayers. You know, I, I grew up where they had to pray. You say, Lord, um, forgive me for all my sins. And I used to say, things I know and there's the sins I didn't know I did. Lord, forgive me. You know, and we do all this thinking that for some reason the Holy Spirit's going to just fly away from me. Like, you know, like I did bad today, so the Holy Spirit, he's going to leave me today. He's not here with me. And this is why our prayers have become so weakened. Because we don't even pray in boldness anymore because we think, well, because I sinned, I can't pray with that kind of authority and boldness. But God says, yes, you can. His blood covered past, present, and future already covered, not his covering, covered your sin. The barrier from God and man is broken, and you have received his repentance. You have received his acceptance, and because of that, you belong in the fold of God, and there is nobody that can take you out of the hand of God. So I pray that this really comforts some of your hearts this morning. 
Because I know when in church, sometimes we feel so judged by the church. We don't even want to come in no more because we think, oh, Lord, y'all don't even know what I did last night. You don't know what I did last week. But God isn't looking at you like that. He looks at you like he looks at his son, Jesus. Hey, Kim, look, I'm sounding good. He looks at you like he looks at his son, Jesus, y'all. And he sees his Jesus as spotless, as blameless, as holy. And guess what? He sees you as spotless, as blameless, as holy. The biggest fight you're going to have in this Christian life is not how God sees you. The biggest fight you're going to have in this Christian life is how I see myself. And we've got to have the eyes of God. Put your God goggles on. And say, Lord, I know how what I did, but let me see how you see me. And oh, once you put on those glasses, honey, your perspective of who you are changes. And you realize that I'm not just ordinary. I'm not just whatever. I'm not just living this life. But I have a precious one on the inside of me that is making me clean. You know, it's almost like fishing. I, I don't go fishing. I don't like fishing. Anybody like to fish in here? Anybody like to fish? Oh, you in the wrong crowd. Yeah. I don't like touching them, but I, I, I like watching them, but I don't do touching. Anyway, so, you know, but it's almost like if we are fish, fish in a sea. You know how the, the Lord was telling the disciples, I'll make you fishers of men. He told them that, right? He says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And we go out, and let's just say we're fishing. Let's just call for, for analogy's sake, we are the fish in the room. We're the fish in the water. We get, we get caught up. Somebody catches, puts a little thing out there, got the little worm, now we on the little pole. Now, wouldn't it be crazy if the, once the fish was caught, they can clean themselves up, fry themselves in the stove? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, if we are the fish, we can't clean ourselves up. That was the whole point of Jesus coming to the earth, y'all. We can't do this on our own. We can't make ourselves clean. I love my, my brother. One time he told me, he said, Ashley, I'll come to church when I get clean. I said, well, honey, that ain't never going to happen because uh, <laughs> you do it by yourself, you're going to be out there. And we can't. The, 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 real, the, real, the real crux of it is we can't. So once you confess and you believe on Christ, allow him to cleanse you. You can't do it on your own. Don't even try. Just say, Lord, I know I'm ratchet. I know, I know what I am, but I just need you. And he will do it for you, y'all. He cleans you. You don't clean yourself. Amen? Just be comforted with that this morning. So the Holy Spirit is God's stamp of belonging and approval. And I want to talk to people out here who don't fit into any one category in your life. I don't know if anybody has ever felt like I'm to this and I can't be in that, but when I go over here, they say I'm to that to not be in this. So I seem to find myself on an island all by myself. And part of that 
causes you to contort yourself and try to fit in into places that you weren't called to fit in. What God has said is the moment you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I have put my stamp of belonging and approval for the creator of all the universe. So if he has given you his stamp or he has been your sponsor, he is the one that opens the door. And if anybody wants to know how did you get into the rooms that you got into, it was your sponsor. It was the Lord who said that I've called them to be here. But the final definition that I want to look at with the seal of Holy Spirit is that this was talking about a particular package that was sent from one destination to a final destination. And often kings would have a stamp that their parcel would have, and it would be their brand. It would be their insignia. But to break it all the way down, it was similar to how we have tamper-proof stickers. When you see an item with a tamper-proof sticker, normal folks tend to say that I am not going to tamper with that unless I am willing to purchase that. And Holy Spirit is our tamper-proof seal. So God has called us from birth to live this life in this world. And he has a final destination, which is called our destiny, which is called our purpose, which is what you are wired to do. That's why Holy Spirit came. But between you being born and all the way until you get to your final destination, you are going to encounter some problems along the way. But I'm so grateful that even with the problems that come along the way, they cannot take out what God has already put in me. And Philippians 1.6 says, being confident in this, that he who has begun, he who has stamped you, he who has sealed you, he who has put that tamper-proof anointing over your life, he shall complete the work that he started within you. Well, who completes the work that God has begun in you? His Holy Spirit. So his spirit leads you. His spirit guides you. He tells you who to deal with and then who not to deal with. He tells you where to go and he tells you where not to go. And as long as you're following him, many weapons are formed, but none of them can prosper and take you out of the hand of God. And it's important for us to share this because as long as someone can tell you what you are not, and as long as someone can take away your confidence, they can control your movement. But thanks be to God that says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yes. Satan's worst enemy is a person who understands the word of God. His best friend is a person who misinterprets scripture and teaches others to do the same. Because if I can control you with the word, I can control your mobility. If I can control you with the word, I can control what you put your faith on. If I can control you with the word, I can control your, your movements and your patterns. But if I teach you to listen to Holy Spirit, who is God? He will cause you to walk in God's perfect will and his plan for your life. 
And so when my wife said something a little earlier, I sensed the religion rising up in here. She said, and I quote, that we don't have to walk around saying, Lord, won't you forgive me for my sins, knowingly and unknowingly. Lord, if I did anything to anybody, if you could just forgive me, oh, this once. Why is that unscriptural? How many times did Jesus die? How many sins did he die for? So after you have been born again, you have received the one-time payment for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Hold on, hold on. Because even our judicial system in America understands that if you have been convicted of a crime once, you cannot be convicted of that same crime again. It's called double jeopardy. So if America in their judicial system can understand that if you did the crime, you do the time once and for all for that crime, how much more does God understand when he sent Jesus to die for us? That is why in John 14 and 17, it says that he will never leave you because, or forsake, well, that, that's in Hebrews 13, 5. Why? Because he has no reason to. We're oftentimes beating ourselves up for things God has already paid for. Often we are hurting ourselves and putting ourselves in condemnation for what Christ has already set us free from. Sometimes we're working for what God has already given. And if I teach you to only focus at your sin, you are going to go in the direction of your focus and do more sinning. But if I say, instead of focusing on your sin, Focus on your Savior and the seal of the Holy Spirit, and he will lead you into all truth. And so instead of trying to do better, you do better because you're listening and obeying better. Amen. So here's, here's the deal. The longer you focus on your sin, you weaken your faith. Because you doubt because of your character, will God still stay true to his character? Mm. Mm. When God's character is not based on your character, your character improves when you base your life on his character. Yes. And so for Amen. those of you who say, well, you know, let's just say I do mess up. Because we all mess up. I mess up. I, I think I messed up today sometime. I don't even know. Glory to God. I'm sure I did. So 
in those moments when I am praying to God, it's not a God, forgive me for what I did. It's God, I thank you for, for already forgiving me for what I did. So if you feel, because sometimes we do grieve, and not necessarily grieve as in he trying to go away from you, but grieve as in you know what you did was wrong. That's right. The Lord didn't already told you when you did that thing, you probably shouldn't do that thing, but you said, well, listen, I'm feeling a ways. I'm about to do that thing. And you go and do that thing anyway. You know in those times what you did was very wrong. And you say, oh, Lord, that, that wasn't right, was it? He said, well, no. <laughs> and then in those times you can say, but I thank you for already forgiving me. Not that he didn't. He already did. What you're doing is just you're honoring and you're saying, I'm aware that you already did it for me. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. What we have discovered and seen in our time in ministry is that the worst behavior of people is often as a result of intense burnout and, and extreme fatigue and stress. Not that people are inherently terrible individuals. Some people are just completely wore out and you have no defenses to do what is right. So the question comes up because sometimes it's people who mean well but just don't do well. But the reality is you're already doing a lot. So we want to end today answering the question of who is going to pour into the person who is always pouring out? Just because I carry the weight and carry the responsibility doesn't mean it's not heavy. Doesn't mean it's not taking a toll. Doesn't mean it's not affecting my mind and my heart. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that I'm, I'm carrying it. And often, depending on the level of responsibility that you have and the magnitude of the people that are depending on you to be at your very best, even when you have things going on internally, you end up ignoring the warning signs and pushing forward because people are depending on you. And that's a real reality that sometimes gets overlooked. But I don't want to overlook that today. I want to talk to the person who feels completely tapped out. Talk to the grandparent that's raising multiple generations. I want to talk to the business owner that is trying to make ends meet in a world that is forever changing. I want to talk to the person who is trying to get their life back on track, but you constantly face setback after setback after setback. I want to talk to the person who has suffered a devastating breakup or a divorce and you don't know how to put the pieces of life back together. I want to talk to the person who is having a hard time getting gainfully and properly employed, but yet you have to work. I want to talk to the person who is dealing with the pressures of having children who may not be living the way in which you raise them and it just torments you to the, no end. I want to talk to you, who is going to pour into you? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. And 
I love how the Bible gets real relevant and it gets real real. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Ephesians 5, 18. It gets real, real simple. Because when I'm stressed, Unwinding. Glad, glad y'all, glad y'all not talking to me today. <laughs> we gotta unwind. Now when we take say, the edge take off. Take the edge off. I need my nerves. Oh, I, I did go there, and that's that's what we do. We go there. <laughs> We're not gonna just put our head in the sand and act like life doesn't exist. Oh, it exists. <laughs> It exists. It exists. Need something to unwind, whether it's free, free flowing mm-hmm. liquor, mm-hmm. herb, mm-hmm. medication, something to help me escape. Mm. If it's only a moment, help me get away. So if he says, don't be drunk with wine or anything that alters your mental state, God will never take away something if he's unwilling to give you something better in place of it. That's right. Because Satan can only be a counterfeit to what God has already established in the earth. Everything Satan does is a counterfeit, but the issue with the counterfeit is that it takes a whole lot of something to get a fraction of what is really real, but the issue with what Satan does is when you give all of your income, all of your time, all of your resources, all of your mental faculties to him, he doesn't return it better because his goal is to destroy your life. But he tricks you into thinking just this once. Because for some, it's substance. For others, it's sex. Just this once. (laughs) But he says, don't be drunk with wine or substances to try to escape. That's going to ruin your life. Instead, I've got something better. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, when you read, you begin seeing that people, they didn't come to church to know if people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They saw the activities and the actions and the interactions of individuals who were filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, they even asked, are these men and women drunk? Are they intoxicated? Are they under the influence? And Peter spoke up and said, not under the influence that you're thinking, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. So every time you're reaching for an altering moment, it's really your spirit crying out saying, it's time to pray. Yes, yes. And you have a choice to either out of your own pocket Invest into your destruction or from your prayer time, invest into your success. 
So I know the church should have a stance on alcohol. I know the church should have a stance on marijuana. I know the church should have a stance on sexual immorality. Instead of standing, I'm going to be asking, how successful of a life do you want to live? Then govern yourself accordingly. I lay before you the choices of life and death. My heart of hearts, while we set up the church the way we set up the church, while we have core groups, while we have places that we can get real, is because we really want you to choose life. But let me be honest about grown folk. Grown folk going to do what grown folk want to do. So we're saying, instead of giving yourself to things that alter you, make the right decision to invest into your future. And it's free. What? Free? Get out of here. It says, be filled. What it means there is be being filled with Holy Spirit. Be being is a constant, present filling, implying free refills. I don't know if any of you all have been out to eat and you didn't get water, but you got something else on the menu, and then you, you discovered that the refills actually cost money. So you, you, you take your sips a little different <laughs> to make it the whole time. But when the refill's free, <laughs> you could be waterlogged from having eight glasses of whatever you had, but because I can get a to-go container <laughs> for the road. For the road. That's right. Because the refills were already paid for. Holy Spirit was already paid for the moment that you became born again. So any time of any day of the week that you need to be reminded of how much God loves you and how he's been there for you, that's when you take a hit of the new wine. And if you trying to be contained, I'm going to help y'all get high on Amen. the most high, real quick. Let me, let, me, let me help you get, get high real quick. I'm trying to warn you, if you keep thinking about how good God has been to you over the various years and seasons of your life, you might do some things that you otherwise would not do in a very calm state. Isn't that what alcohol do to folk ever so often? It takes you out of your normal disposition and it reveals what has always been there the entire time. If you think about how good God has been to you 
every single day of your life, you might say and do some stuff that you otherwise wouldn't do. You say, I'm typically introverted. I'm typically reserved. I'm typically to myself, but I don't know why I'm so happy right now. I don't know why I have so much joy right now. I don't know why I'm shouting and cheering right now because I think about how good God has been. And I don't know. I need we need to take a quick drink right now. I feel like taking a quick drink. Because somebody join me. I want to I want to have a drinking partner, a few hundred right here today on the new wine of the Holy Ghost. If somebody could just join me in thinking about how good God has been to you and what He's brought you from, how He's taken me from homelessness. Come, come on, somebody, how He's healed my body, how He's blessed my life, how he's redeemed me from destruction.